morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 20 in your Bibles. This is the message that I was going to bring last Sunday morning, and God changed our direction. By the way, uh, ended up, boy, praise the Lord, before the day was done, six precious souls had come to the Lord on Sunday, and we thank the Lord for that. And I'm going to be honest, God's been so gracious this week uh, with truth, and I don't want to take that for granted. I've got a, a message that, man, I'm, ex- I'm so excited about giving you here at Acts chapter 20, not the one I'm going to give you today, but I couldn't get away. I, I really couldn't get away from this message that I was going to bring to you last Sunday morning. And this week, uh, I was studying over several messages, but it just seemed like God wouldn't let me get away from this message and I, so I feel like I feel like that there's somebody here today that that needs this word from the Lord, and so this is what we call at Calvary Baptist Church. This is what we call preventive maintenance preaching, uh, and that means that you know you you preach things before people need them, and so we don't. It's it's our mentality at Calvary Baptist Church that it's not a good idea to wait until the motor knocks to change the oil. You change the oil long before the motor knocks and it keeps the motor running smoothly. And, and so that's when I say preventive maintenance preaching, that's, that's what I'm talking about. We're just gonna change the oil today. And, uh, and, uh, and we're hoping that what you see on the screen, we're hoping that never happens to anybody here today, including myself. Um, and by the way, none of us are above it. All of us are susceptible. All of us are made out of the same stuff, and we all fight the same enemy. And, uh, and so don't ever, don't ever in pride say, I'll tell you one thing, I would never do that. <laughs> what you better say is, boy, by the grace of God, I would never do that. By the grace of God. Uh, the Bible says, take heed, lest ye also be tempted. But that's another message. I want to talk to you uh, about the the subject you see on the screen today, the dangers of falling out of church. And so when you find your place in Acts chapter 20, and I think I've got verses 7 through 12 on there, you can stand. But we're going to just read. We're going to start in verse 1 because I'm going to be bringing a message uh, from this passage. We're going to read here uh, uh, a little bit later on down the road here. And so just to get an idea of what's going on, in this story, let's just start at verse number one and we'll read down through verse number 12 today. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 20 and verse one, and after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece and there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, He purposed to return through Macedonia. And there, and this is so interesting, and there accompanied him into Asia, Sopater, Berea, and the Thessalonians, Aristarchus, and Secundus, and Gaius of Derbe, and Timotheus, and of Asia, Tychicus, and Trophimus. These going before tarried for us at Troas. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Man, preached until midnight. Uh, And there were many lights in the upper chamber 
where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till uh, break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Uh, and so you may be seated this morning and I'm gonna just take a few minutes. I'm gonna be honest with you, the very first part of the message is, is really uh, where I feel like my heart is. And so even if we don't get through all of these points, that's okay. I want us to really make sure that we get what God has for us um, from the message today. And listen, I don't know all of you, uh, and I know a lot of you, and I don't know where you are today necessarily in your spiritual life, but I can guarantee you one thing, you've got an enemy. You've got an enemy. And I can guarantee you another thing, he doesn't want you here. Uh, the devil is not excited about a soul-winning church, a, an evangelistic church. He's not excited about a church that's growing and going somewhere. And, uh, and, uh, and he knows that if you stay in here, he knows what's going to happen, that inevitably you're going to get your life changed. And so he's going to do everything he can to pull you out and to pull you away. And so just for a few moments this morning, let's deal with that. Let's talk about what the Bible says about falling out of church. And we find some interesting things right here in the passage that we read. And so we're going to just camp out right here in Acts chapter 20 for a little bit. And I hope it'll be a blessing too. I hope it'll be a help. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask God to help us. And we'll jump right into the Bible study today. Father, what a blessing to be back at Calvary today. And Lord, thank you for the great uh, service. And thank you for the wonderful music of the choir and the special singing and the, even the, the Lord, the congregation Lord, as they were singing so good today, and God, we're just thankful for your blessings. And Lord, what a joy it is to be back in the house of God. And I mean that, Lord, I'm just privileged to be here. I mean it. And I just thank you, Lord. I'm so blessed. I mean, I'm blessed beyond measure just to do what I'm doing. And then, Lord, on top of that, I think about all those, those godly Christians across the world that are living in countries where they're oppressed and they're not able to do what we're doing today. They have to meet in a basement. They have to meet in a, a room where the windows are taped up. They have to meet somewhere out in, in, a, in a forest somewhere. Lord, they can't come and baptize converts in a heated baptistry pool. Lord, they have to dig a hole and put a tarp in it and fill it up with water. And that's how they baptize their converts because the government doesn't allow them to meet together. And so, Lord, here we are in my soul we're blessed. And God, we just thank you for it. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll give us something now today. Lord, I pray that, that uh, you will control the service. Bless those that are watching by way of live stream today. We're so thankful for our live stream audience. And those that are listening by way of radio, God, we're thankful for them. And I pray, God, that you'll now, that you'll breathe upon us and meet with us in a great way and challenge our hearts really good and save that one that's nearest hell today, please, Father. We pray that Christ will receive honor and praise and glory from all that's done. Help us, please. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. And so we find here that the apostle Paul 
has made his way down to a place called Troas. Now, we're going to be back there before too long, probably in one of our next services. We're going to be right, going right back to this, uh, this passage again. But Paul makes his way down to Troas, and he and several men are with him. Dr. Luke is with him, seven men. By the way, uh, the Bible says that seven men go ahead of the Apostle Paul. And then the Bible says they minister for seven days. And so seven men start the process, then they minister for seven days. And of course, that's the number of completion, the number of perfection. But they stay in Troas for seven days. And, and uh, while one of the services is going on, the Bible tells us that that service goes extremely long. In fact, it pretty much lasts all night. After everything that takes place, uh, this service Starts in the day, it ends up the next morning before it's, before it's over with. Man, that is a humdinger of a service right there. And we've had some pretty good services like that. We've had some services at Calvary that, man, they went to 11 or 12 o'clock at night. You say, Pastor, you must be joking. Now, I'm not joking. And by the way, when the service let out, nobody wanted to leave. And people just stayed. They stayed around. You know what? When God moves in somewhere, you don't care about the schedule. You don't care about the time clock or the TV or anything like that. Well, that's what's going on. The Bible says that this service goes long and, and there's, a, there's a, a young man that is sitting in the window. His name is Eutychus. And, and the Bible says that Eutychus settles down into a deep sleep and, and our Bible tells us that he falls out of the window. He falls from the window from the third loft and he's killed uh, in that fall. When he hits the ground, it kills him, knocks the life out of him. And Paul goes down and, and the Bible says that Paul raises him back to life again. But, but we notice something about this young man. We notice that, that Eutychus falls, literally falls out of church. Now, I think there's something very interesting that, that is worthy of our pointing out today. And it's this, that it's evident from Scripture that this fall was not intentional. I don't think that in fact, we know he didn't. We know that Eutychus didn't fall out of church because he was rebellious. That's not what's going on. Eutychus was there. He was there. He was there in the service. At least as a young man, he had the gumption to be there. And, uh, and, and, and he, I, I believe that this young man meant well. I believe his heart was in the right place. Uh, and I don't believe that he meant to fall out. I don't believe that he meant to disrupt the service. But this young man became a little careless and the Bible says that he sunk down with sleep and he literally falls out of the church. Uh, it's worth pointing out this, this morning as well that most Christians, I believe, most Christians never intend to fall out of church. It's not like something that they just decided one day, you know what, I'm just leaving the church. I'm getting out of church. I'm never coming back. That's not what happens. It's just that just like this young man in Acts chapter 20, they get a, a, a little careless uh, and uh, they become familiar with things in the church. They become familiar with good old-fashioned singing. They become familiar with, with the Word of God. They become familiar with, with great fellowship and, and, and without even really meaning to, the process of falling begins to take place. And here's the scary thing about falling is that sometimes when you begin to fall, there's no recovery. There's no recovery. Have you ever done that where you, where, where you began to fall and you reached up to try to grab something and there was nothing to grab? And once the momentum, once the momentum of your fall began to build, 
it was just hold on tight because you're, you're, getting ready to, you're getting ready to fall. That's what's going on. Eutychus is in the window for some reason. Maybe he's there because the crowd is large. Maybe he's there to try to get some air from the window, but, but, uh, but he's at the window and, and he doesn't mean to do this, but once he begins the process of falling, there's just nothing to, go, to grab a hold of. There's nothing to hold, hold on to. And Eutychus falls from the third loft, and the Bible says he was taken up dead. Now, my advice to us this morning is this. Don't even get close to the window. You know what I was thinking about this story? I thought, you know what? If this young man wouldn't have been so close to the edge, maybe he never would have fallen out. And so I just want to encourage us, and I mean that. I want to encourage us, including me. Whatever you do, don't live close to the edge. Don't live on the window. Don't live on the precipice where if you stumble, if something happens, then you end up falling out of church. Because I'm telling us that you, whenever you fall out of the, uh, of the house of God, and for that matter, anytime you fall, a fall can always be life-changing. You see, it doesn't take a wreck to knock the wind out of you. It doesn't take something like that. It doesn't take lightning striking. All it takes is a fall. And a fall can break a limb. A fall can cause hurt. A fall can put you in intensive care. A fall can keep you in the hospital for many days. A fall can break a hip or break an arm. Uh, and such is the case, spiritually speaking, that if you allow yourself to fall uh, and there's nothing to hold on to and there's nothing to break your fall, that fall can be traumatic. And by the way, whenever people fall out of the house of God, it is usually traumatic. In fact, I, uh, uh, to this day, and in just a, about a week or so, in fact, in a week, I'll be, thank God, I'll have the privilege of serving in this wonderful church for 30 years. I've been the pastor here at Calvary Baptist Church, and I believe I can tell you this after pastoring for 30 years, I've never had anybody come to me who fell out of the house of God and said, preacher, happy, happy day when I fell away from the church. I'm telling you what, my family's doing great. My home's doing wonderful. My marriage is doing fantastic. I've never had that happen in 30 years. Am I preaching today? I think I am, but I'll tell you what has happened in 30 years. I've had person after person after person come back to me with tears streaming down their cheeks and they say, preacher, my life's falling apart. My home is a shambles. My marriage is having issues. We don't know what we're going to do with our kids. And I want to say to them, hey, you shouldn't have stayed so close to the window. Stay in the house of the Lord. Man, just listen, just dig some deep roots. Yes. Just dig some deep roots and, and stay in the house of God. It's never a good idea. Now, I, I'm just going to tell you. And, and, and here's the thing. You can come up and we can. We can come up with every excuse in the book. And there's a lot of them. But there's no excuse good enough to, to justify you getting away from God's house. One man said it like this. Well, he said, I can't attend church there because he said, both of my girlfriends attend that church. <laughs> I'm thinking you might want to uh, adjust your social life as well. Someone said, I can't go to that church. <laughs> Brother Brandon, you're going to love this one. Amen. I can't go to that church because the worship leader pulls up his pants too often. I'm not sure what that means. I absolutely love this one. Uh, somebody said, well, we couldn't come 
because my wife cooked bacon for breakfast and our entire family smelled like bacon. And so we couldn't come. Someone else said, well, I couldn't come because the pastor stays in the Bible too much. And I thought that's what the pastor is supposed to do. Someone else said, we got burned out at church. You've heard that before. We got burned out at church and we've been taking a break for the past seven years. Another person said the church is too close to drive and too far to walk, and so that's why we don't go. Now, I'm just telling us today, church, this is what the Word of God says in Psalm 92, 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I just believe this book right here. Amen. I just believe this book and I believe what God says and God, and you say, pastor, explain it all. I'm not telling you that I'm smart enough to explain it all. I'm not an expert, uh, but I can tell you this. The word of God says that if you'll plant yourself in the house of God, God promised that you're gonna flourish. You're gonna flourish. And so I don't have to understand it all, but I understand that God said it. And if God said it, that's enough. Somebody says, well, God said it. I believe it. That finishes it. You said too many. If God says it, that finishes it, whether I believe it or not. And so I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. Some things that happen, some things that happen when you fall out of the church. How about this? Number one, you experience a lot less light. Now look at your scripture today. Acts chapter 20, verse number eight. The Bible says about this place where they were meeting and there were, what kind of lights? There were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And so the place where they were involved in worship had a lot of lights. It had a lot of lights. I love that. I love that. You know, one of the reasons I love Calvary Baptist Church is because every time I walk into this church, there's a lot of lights in here. Oh, I'm not talking about these. Although these are important, these are not the lights I'm talking about. I'm talking about these right here. And when I walk into this place, you know what happens? I, 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 this, uh, my, my life brightens up. My cheer brightens up. I feel encouragement come. I'm telling you, I felt it today. Uh, even before the service started, I'm standing out here. Folks are coming in. They're fellowshipping, shaking hands. You can hear people laughing, people fellowshipping, people talking. I mean, and it's just, man, it's a, this is a happening place uh, at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And, and, and as I walk into this place, man, there are many lights. And, and I find my life getting brighter. And I find uh, more joy coming to me. And, uh, and by the way, the right kind of church has a lot of light in it. Did you know that? If you go to a church, you say, well, preacher, we go to a church and boy, it's sort of dark and dead and the singing's dead and the preaching's dead and, uh, and the spirit's dead and, 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 and everybody likes to whisper when they come in. Nobody, nobody wants to talk out loud. Everybody's whispering, you know, and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, nobody plays a piano. It's just all organ music, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. It's like a funeral. Yeah, and uh, when you walk into the funeral home, I mean, you know, nobody's smiling. I mean, everybody's somber, everybody's sad. There's some, you know, uh, organ music in the background and people are crying and there's a spirit of death and a spirit of darkness. Wait a minute now, wait a minute now. I'm just saying this, if that's the kind of church you're going to, it could be, my dear friend, that it's time for you to make a church 
change. Amen. And I'm not saying you ought to get out of your church, but I am saying this, that I believe that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you want, you want to explain this to me? How can Jesus be in the church when the church has no life? I'm just telling us, brother, I believe this, that if Jesus is here, it's going to be a place of life. There's going to be life. And we notice here that, that this place had many lights. But notice this, church, when Eutychus failed, when Eutychus failed, he landed in a dark place. Now, this is simple preaching. But he went from a lot of light to a lot of darkness. He fell from a lot of light to a lot of darkness. Now, you know what darkness does? Darkness does several things. Number one, darkness encourages stumbling. When you can't see where you're going, you stumble over things. You fall in the hole. You fall down the hill. This is a horrible illustration to tell at a time like this, but it's the one that came to my mind. There was an old man who was walking through a graveyard late at night and he had, he had been drinking a little bit. He walked through the graveyard and, and he did not know that earlier that day they had been uh, digging a grave. They were gonna have a funeral the next day and they had been digging a grave and they left the grave open. And he was walking through the graveyard, didn't know it was pitch black dark and he stumbled and fell into the grave. It's late at night, man. He's scratching and clawing, trying to get out and uh, and it was sort of muddy and wet and he couldn't get out and couldn't get out and couldn't get out. And, and finally he just thought, well, I can't get out. He said, I'm just going to settle back over here in the corner and, and I'll just sleep it off. And, and he said, surely somebody will come tomorrow and they'll lift me out of here. And so that's what he did. And he just went back over there in that dark place and he went to sleep. And, and lo and behold, if another guy didn't come walking through the same graveyard. And that guy walked right by the same grave and just like the other guy fell down in that grave. He didn't know the other guy was in there. Man, he's clawing, scratching, trying to get out. He'd get up so far and then he'd slide back down and he'd get up so far and he'd slide back down and he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried. And all of a sudden from the dark corner of this grave, a voice said, hey boy, you can't get out of here. But he did, amen. He did. <laughs> you say, Pastor, what's your point? My point is darkness encourages stumbling. When you get in a dark place, you stumble. You, you deer hunters know what I'm talking about. Man, if you've ever tried to go to your deer stand uh, early, early in the morning before the sun comes up, maybe the flashlights in your battery are a little low or you're trying to go by the light of the moon and you're trying to follow your path and, and because it's dark, you didn't see that root, you didn't see that branch, you didn't see that hill, you didn't see that hole and because it was dark, you stumbled. Wait a minute now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why so many people are stumbling in 2021 because somewhere along the line, they went from a place that had a lot of light and they fell into a place that was very, very dark. Darkness encourages stumbling. Jeremiah 30, 13, verse 16 says, give glory to the Lord your God before he calls darkness and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. Isaiah 59, 10, the prophet Isaiah said, we grope for the wall 
like the blind and we, we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at the noonday as in the night. Darkness encourages stumbling. But I'll tell you something else, Calvary. Darkness gives entrance to fear. There's just something about dark. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying we have any scaredy cats in here today. But there's just something about dark. Sometimes you feel a lot more apprehensive when it's dark than you do if it's light. Have you ever had a rough night and you just thought, man, I just can't wait for the light to come. I just can't wait for the, for the sun to come up. Darkness gives way to a feeling of an uneasiness. It, have you ever done this? Have you ever felt like, have you ever felt like in the dark you felt like somebody was looking at you? Or you got the feeling that somebody was there, you know, you, you're doing this. Everybody, you know what I'm talking about today? You know what darkness causes you to do? Darkness causes you to look around. Now, wait a minute now. You know what happens when you fall out of church and you fall into a place of darkness? Oh, yes, good neighbor. You know what darkness does? Darkness helps you. It makes you look around. Darkness makes you get your eyes off of where they ought to be. You see, a dark place, get your eyes off of Jesus, get your eyes on a preacher. A dark place, get your eyes off of, off of Jesus and get your eyes on a deacon or a choir member or a church member or a coworker or a family member that did you wrong or said something wrong or, or treated you wrong or, treat, or cheated you or, or whatever the case may be. Now, this is what I'm saying. You know what we better do, Calvary Baptist Church? We had better fasten our eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ and never get our eyes off of him. But whenever you fall into a dark place, it causes you to start looking around. Amen. Start looking around. You know what I thought about when I began to think about this dark place? He was in a place that was lit and he fell into a place of darkness. You know, I thought, I thought, you know one thing that kids don't need anymore in this day and time? They don't need any more darkness. Our youth don't need any more darkness. They got plenty of that. There's plenty of darkness in this world. If you're looking for darkness, you don't have to search along. You'll find it. And so, you know, I, I just, I, I want to say to us and just warn us today to this, to, to, that, that if the devil comes and the devil tries to get you sideways with the Lord, the devil tries to get you out of church, I want you to understand that, that your kids that, that leave with you, your kids that leave the church with you, your kids that follow with you, your kids that fall out of church with you, they don't need more darkness, they need more light. And sometimes I want to ask our parents of our young children, man, if I didn't stay in here for any other reason, I'd stay in here for my kids. Amen. Yes. Amen. Because your kids need the gospel. Your kids need to hear preaching. Your kids need good, godly influence. What, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we need the light. And when Eutychus fell out of the church, he fell into a place of darkness. But wait a minute, Let's, there's something else. Number two, and quickly, number two, whenever you fall out of the church, number two, you can expect to go down. Yep. Now look at your passage, Acts chapter 20, verse number nine. 
The Bible says, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, notice what it says. He sunk what? He sunk down with sleep. And then the Bible says, and he fell, what? Down from the third loft. Boy, he fell hard. I mean, he fell hard. But he fell down. You know what I read about when I read about the prophet Jonah? When Jonah left the will of God, you know what the Bible says about Jonah? He went down. And then it says again, he went down. He went down. He went down. When I read about men like Samson, the judge of Israel, that left the will of God, you read it for yourself in Judges chapter 14. The Bible says, and he went down. Then it says again, and he went down. Then it says again, and he went down. Did you know you never go up when you leave the house of God? Boy, this, this is deep, church. Y'all gonna have to really, this, this is deep. You never go up when you fall down. <laughs> Aren't y'all glad y'all came to get that profound truth today? Now, you say, Pastor, what's the big deal? And I think, I think this is the big deal. That's what's so important about church. Because church is designed, at least the right kind is, church is designed to lift the Christian up. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, speaking of the church. The Bible says, and they gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying, edifying. Let all things, talking about the church, let all things be done unto edifying. What does that mean? It means building up, building up, building up. If you go to the right kind of church, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get built up. Man, that's what's gonna happen. By the way, that's why. That's why you can come to a church like Calvary. You don't feel like coming. You know, you're feeling a little physically bad or a little physically tired. This happens all the time. People come to me, they'll say, Preacher, I didn't feel like coming. I thought about not coming. I thought about staying home. But they went ahead and pushed themselves and they came over to the house of God. And then they come through and they say, Man, Preacher, I'm so glad I came. I didn't feel like coming, man. I feel so much better now. You know why? Because the physical is very intertwined with the spiritual. And if you'll come get the spiritual man, revived. It'll revive the physical man. I'm telling you, the church is designed. The church is designed to pick you up. The church is designed to edify. It is a place of edification. Think about it like this. When you miss church, it's like missing your flight. It really is. How many days? And I know you can relate. How many days have we went down to the airport on a rainy, cold, gloomy day? You had to have your umbrella. By the time you got you and your luggage into the, the airport terminal, you were wet. You went and got, went through TSA, you got to your gate. They loaded you on that plane. That plane got out there on the tarmac and it finally got clearance to, to take off. And man, that, that plane you're on, man, that nose rose up like this and that thing took off. And, 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 and by the way, in just a few moments, you went from gloominess, cloudiness, raininess to sunshine. Beautiful blue sky. <laughs> You were on top of the clouds. I'm preaching this morning. Amen, yes, yes, yes. If nobody else is getting this, I'm getting it this morning. 
And now you know what? Now you're looking down on the gloominess. You're looking down on the clouds and the rain and the cold and all those things. You see, that plane took you to a new level. That plane took you to a place of encouragement, took you to a place of beauty. My dear friend, that's exactly what the house of God is designed to do. When you walk in here coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you get on this, this spiritual airplane and it rises you above the gloom and it rises you above the clouds and it rises you above the problems and it rises you above the agony and it rises you above the suffering. Oh, listen, hallelujah. I'm thankful for the house of God today. But when you fall out of the church, you can expect to go down. How about this quickly and I'll go to the last thing we're done. I noticed this about the story though. I noticed that when you fall out of church, number three, you exercise distraction. Now it's right there. Look at it with me if you will. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse number nine. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, here's the prince of preachers and he's preaching to this congregation. The Bible says he talking about Eutychus sunk down with sleep and fell from the third loft and was taken up dead. Verse number 10, here it is. And Paul, and Paul who was preaching stopped preaching and went down. Did y'all see that? And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him, look at this, said, here it is, trouble not, what's the next word? Yourselves. You know what that tells me? Some other people came down. When they saw Eutychus fall out of the window, they're like, oh! And all of a sudden, Paul had to stop preaching. The service stopped. All these people ran down the stairs. They ran out to where Eutychus was lying. The service is completely stopped. It's completely interrupted because one man fell out of church. Now, listen to me. Let, me. let me help you this morning. This is what the devil comes and the devil says. It's nobody else's business. This is your individual decision. This doesn't affect anybody but you. It is not the preacher's business. And if you want, yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. Amen. And if you want to get out, it's just you. And I'm telling you, at the very least, when you fall out of God's house, let me tell you what happens. It distracts other people. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It distracts your children. I don't know if daddy's coming or going. I don't know if, I don't know what, mom, is, God is important. God's not important. I, that Bible preacher preaches it, it, it is right or it's not right. It is true or it's, maybe it's not true. And all of a sudden, boy, everything just gets interrupted. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm telling us, a church, I don't know if I'm preaching good today or not. I don't know, but I'm just, but I'm telling us, our kids don't need any more confusion nowadays. They got a boatload full. I mean, that's, it, it is crazy. It is craziness what's going on in our nation right now, in our world right now. And I think if anything, you know what kids need to see? They just need to see some moms and dads, some adults that are just stable. <laughs> super Christian? No, no, you're not Superman. You're not Wonder Woman in the faith, but you're just stable. 
stable in the faith and, uh, and staying in the house of God and, and just, man, you're, just, you're in your place and you're digging some deep roots. What happens when you fall out of church, preacher? Well, we know you experience a lot less light. We know you can expect to go down. We know that you exercise distraction. We're done. How about this? Last of all, we notice that you, if you fall out of church, you at least entice death. You're playing with it. I'm not saying it's going to come. I'm just saying that you're toying with it. Now, for Eutychus, it came. Look at your scripture. Uh, Acts 20, verse 9, the Bible says, And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was along preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. You say, Pastor, you believe he was dead? I believe he was dead. The Bible says he was taken up dead. I know this. My Bible says in James 1.15, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We could argue all, all day long, but I'm going to be honest with you, we'd get nowhere, but I'm just telling you what the Bible tells us. When you fall out of church, it brings death. It brings death to marriages. It brings death to families. It brings death to joy. Psalm 92, 13, the psalmist said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Psalm 122, verse one, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 8410, the psalmist said, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The psalmist said, just give me something to do. I don't have to be the pastor. I don't have to play the piano. Man, just give me something to do. But he said, I just want to be in the house of the Lord. And that's me. I'm not very smart. Don't say amen right there, please. All right, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Some of these men in this congregation are far more educated probably than I am. But I can tell you this, it works. Just in case you're wondering, it works. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean just getting in here and growing some deep roots and let this be your life. Let God be your God. Let Jesus be your Savior. Let the Bible be your book. Let heaven be your home and just get in here and just grow some deep roots. I'm telling you, it works. Man, I found this story and I wanted to give it to you. There was a man who got lost far out in the desert. He lost his way. He had run out of water and his throat was beginning to parch. His lips were beginning to split from the chapping and and um, the desert had dehydrated so much, evaporated the water out of his system. And, and he was getting, I mean, it was getting serious. He was getting close to death. Just about the time when he was beginning to get delirious, he noticed in the distance there was a small little shack. And he thought, well, at least I can go over to the shack and I can, I can get some shade from the sun. And so sure enough, he, he made his way over to that little shack in the desert. But he, he noticed that there was not only a shack there, but he noticed that this shack 
had a water pump. And there was a small jug of water with a note attached. And the note read this. Here it is. Listen to this. Pour all the water into the top of the pump to prime it. If you do this, you'll get all the water you need. And so this man had a choice to make. His lips were split. His throat was parched. If he trusted the note and poured all the water into the pump, he might have all the water he needed, but if it didn't work, he was in trouble because he would be thirsty and he'd die. Or he could do this. He could take the little jug of water and he could just drink the water in the jug, but that wouldn't be enough. And so probably he would die anyway. And so the man decided finally to take a risk. He took that jug of water. He poured it down into the pump, all of it, poured it down to the pump to prime the pump. And he began to work that handle. And for the first little bit, nothing happened. And he got really scared. But then he heard a gurgle. And he kept on pumping. Kept on pumping. And all of a sudden, water began to come out. And the more he pumped, more water came out. And the more he pumped, more water came out. In fact, so much water came out that he drank all he wanted to drink. In fact, so much water came out that he decided to take a bath. So much water came out, he decided to wash his clothes. So much water came out that he decided to, to fill up all of his containers. Wait a minute now. And then attached to that note that I mentioned a while ago, it said this, and I love this. It said, after you've finished, please refill the jug for the next traveler. And so the man refilled the jug, but he added this note. Please prime the pump. Believe me, it works. Let me tell you what I'm preaching this morning. It works. Amen. Now, is the church going to evaporate all your problems? That's not what I'm saying. But we can claim a promise, and God said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. You'll flourish. You say, Pastor, if I get planted here, I'll lose friends. Well, if you lose friends, God will give you more friends, better friends. You say, Pastor, if I get planted in here, I'll lose income. Well, if you do lose income, God will give you more income. Amen. I mean, we might as well believe God. And so, let's do this, church. Let's don't get close to the window. Man, let's just stay in the house of God and, and let's grow some deep roots and let God use us and enjoy the blessings of our good Lord. In God good, amen. Let's bow for prayer today. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, thank you for this simple, simple message, but thank you for these wonderful things that you've shown us in Acts chapter 20. Lord, here's a young man, didn't mean to. It wasn't intentional. It was an accident. It wasn't that Eutychus was a bad man. I think he was a good man. I think he was there. He was there at the service. He was there at church. He didn't mean to let it happen, but Lord, it happened. Father, I pray today that You'd work in hearts. It could be there's someone here today and Satan has been working on them. 
trying to get them discouraged, trying to get them out of the house of the Lord, out of God's will. And today, Father, I pray that this would be the day that would push them over the edge. Uh, When I say push over the edge, I mean it would push them to more growth in their Christian life. And they would say, Lord, if you'll help me, this is it. This is my life. I'm getting in the church. I'm serving you. I mean, this is it. I'm living the Christian life. God, today I pray that you would renew, revive, rededicate. God, have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Just a question. The first question is this one. How many of you here today would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, I know that I am saved. And if you can honestly say that, you just slip your hand up right now. You can take it right back down just as quickly as you put it up. Thank you so much. Can I ask a second question, though? And I'll promise you, I won't try to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to convince you to come down the aisle. But I would like to pray for you. And God will know who you are. And you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure, 100% sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. If that's you, without anybody looking, without anybody looking, if that's you right now, would you just very quietly raise your hand up so I can pray for you? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Is there another? You haven't raised your hand yet, but you'll raise it now. You'd say, Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. I want to go. I do want to go, but I'm just not sure. Preacher, would you mind praying for me when you pray? Right now, you'd just slip your hand up. Is there one more? Right now, you'd raise your hand. Let me pray for you. Hey, listen, folks are on the altar. Maybe in just a moment as we stand, maybe there's others that ought to come. Maybe some folks just need to come and just say, Lord, I'm dedicating myself to you. Lord, I'm dedicating myself to your church. Lord, use me. If you can use me, use me. Give me something to do for your, for your cause, for your, your glory. It could be there's somebody here this morning and, and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. Today would be a great day to do that. Would you stand with us all over the house? I'm going to ask our personal workers again that have been helping us if they would make their way to the front right now all across the front of the church here. And if you're here this morning and you need to be saved, listen, we're going to be here for you. Pastor's going to be here. We've got some other fellows in place. And if we can pray with you, I want to encourage you right now to leave where you're standing. We'll sing in a, in a moment. We'll sing, okay? But while we're waiting, while we're waiting, if you'll come, we'd like to help you this morning, all right? This is a place of help. That's what we're all about. And so we want you to come today. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Calvary family, maybe some Calvary family just need to come around the altar and just pray and just ask God to move. God's moving again on Sunday morning. God's moving again.